welcome back to See and Free Studio. This is Jen Longyan, and this is the space where we like to talk about what makes us unique, special, and different. Sometimes people call that purpose, that thing that guides us in life, that gives us a reason for being, it helps us be clear about what we want. And I learned a lot about living in purpose from this next guest, Jim Matroni, senior partner mm -hmm. at Conversant. Jim is passionate about helping leaders close the gap between what they are deeply committed to and what they can concurrently accomplish. He spent 30 plus years of leading, coaching, and studying leaders, about 10,000 executives to be specific. And he helps those passionate leaders to get great achievement and great satisfaction out of what they're doing. He's joining us from Mercer, Washington today, but one of the last times I got to spend time with him was when he was here in California. And if you ever hear my story about meeting a horse named Dallas, uh, Jim was one of the people oh. that introduced him to me. Please welcome Jim Matroni. Oh, thank you, Jen. That's great. Oh, Dallas, yes. Yes, good old yes. Dallas from mm, good up, old in, Dallas. <laughs> up in Steamboat Springs. Well, I Jim, yeah. <laughs> tell yeah. everyone, so you're in Washington now. Tell everyone a little bit about what you're doing and tell them about Conversant. Sure. So uh, conversant as a practice really focuses on what's the connection between human beings that helps turn things out. What we find more and more is what causes disruption, what causes us to accomplish less of what we're committed to, has more to do with the connections between us as human beings than it has to do with strategy or external conditions or circumstances. And this thing about how do we be human and how do we be human together to accomplish what we want to accomplish, what we're deeply committed to uh, in a world that's trying to pull us apart and constantly changing is an ever-present issue. And it's, it is just wonderful to be engaged in the idea of being human together. So that's what Conversant focuses on, and that's what my practices focus, practice focus on, focuses on as well, is the human connections that make things work. Yes, yes, and I know that about you. I, you've been a, a connection for me for many years. I want to say we met mm. back in 2007, um, and I learned yeah. all about Conversant and the methodology, and then, and then we've gotten to work together uh, over the years several times, and you've been a great coach and mentor for me, so thank you, Jim. Mm. Um, thank and, you. You, know, you know, that human connection, uh, figuring out kind of what's our purpose, how do we come together around that, you know, can you tell us what you think that is for you and how you discovered it? That's a great question. Um, so I don't know that you know this about me, Jen, but I started out as a banker. So I have a MBA in marketing and finance, and I started in the banking industry back in the days when you could say you were a, a banker and people didn't spit on your shoes. You know, it was just back in those days. And um, part of what I started to realize is what I loved about being in the business world or being in an organization was um, how people come together, the people side of it. The financial side of it felt more like a game in, in a way, an important game, but still a game. And what I noticed is that as I started to move up and up in the organization, as people do, um, the phrase that I heard that I love is I was climbing the ladder of success only to find it leaning against the wrong wall. So I shifted and uh, went into the consulting space the space of working with teams on not, not so much identifying strategy, but the execution of it all. 
and just really enjoyed that space of how do you get people to work together in conditions that don't necessarily support it. So if, if I had to say there's something that um, I've developed an expertise in is to look at where is the connective tissue? Where is it strong? Where is it weak? What are people trying to contribute that's being thwarted on, on, uh, in uh, unattended fashion? It's, it's not that I find people are bad people being bad. I just find that they're indifferent or ignorant of what's causing a connection with other people and what they care about or what's not. So that idea of how do we connect people to ideas, to each other, to principles that are gonna crack things. You know, Jen, it's interesting as I head around in the world, what I, what I keep seeing over and over is that people are despaired of their ability to make happen what they wanna have happen. That to a large extent, when people become despaired, they start to give up on things that are really true to them, that are really deeply important. And there's a sadness on occasion where you run into people that are up to big stuff and can't make it happen because they're at the edge of what they already know how to do. So if you can, in that space, introduce a connection to a principle, to themselves, to other people, in a way that they hadn't seen before, it unleashes a sense of joy that I think is really visceral and, and, a, and a bit lacking right now in this swirl, whether it's the pandemic or it's the social conditions or you know whatever. I think people are feeling like they don't have control and to give them a sense of control over at least some of it uh, unleashes not only joy, but the brilliance in handling what they have to handle. Yeah, it does, and and that's that's what I want to do with even this show. You know, Jem is is help people kind of come out of that that gutter that they feel like they're in, and we've all been Ooh, there. That's... We've all been there, <laughs> where we, it's you can't see the top, you can't see you know the way out, but you you were on the other side at one point. <laughs> um, and yeah. so you just got to right. see <laughs> you got to see, right. see the side that you're trying to get out of, and. Um, and I love that you Well, always... you did that in your career. That's true. You've done that in your career several times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, I tell the story of, uh, in, and I can tell this with Jim uh, and now everyone else. <laughs> um, but, you know, my father used to say, like, uh, you know, Jen, if there was a, a big trench that you needed to go through, you would take the Tarzan vine and just jump and try to get across <laughs> as fast as possible. And he goes, and then you'd find That's yourself, it, the, the rope yeah. was too short, and you just swing back and forth. And I was like, That's that's true. I'm very impatient. That's I just want to. I want to get there to the other side as fast as possible. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to feel that despair. But sometimes that despair is exactly what we need to kind of remind oh, us of like our reason and our purpose. And I mean, Jim, do you have a story like that for yourself? That you, you know, you found yourself in that place and you you had to get out of it. Well, I the, again, what comes to mind is this notion of finding myself um, in, in a comfortable rut in the banking industry, because I'd done that for a while and you know, gotten a fair number, you know, amount of um, you know, kudos and opportunities inside of that. But recognizing that at the end of the day, um, the, if I looked at the trajectory, and I think that's what's often helpful for us, is to say, if nothing changes, if I continue on the path that I'm on, if I forecast and I foreshadow out, you know, whatever the proper timing is, six months, a year, 10 years, 20 years, 
am I going to be happy with where that goes? And to really confront, you don't, you don't have to change, but you have to ask the question of yourself is, am I okay with where that's going? And if not, how do I make the changes now, small or large, that get me on the trajectory that I want to go? So I hit this, you know, you hit this inflection point, the two in the morning conversation where you go, wow. So maybe it's filling my wallet. Maybe it's filling my ego. But when I look in the mirror, is this really, is this really the life that I want to lead? Is this really um, the extent of what I have to offer the world? And if the answer is no, you know, then you've got that choice point of, am I going to try something different? Because I don't think anybody ever wants to get towards the end of their, their career and realize that they only gave a certain percentage of what they, what they had to give, that we somehow got seduced by the money and the, the title and the ego. And to really say, okay, was that a good use of a life? You know, yes or no. And, and we get to confront that moment by moment by moment and make those choices. And then to reach out to people that can support us or look to the role models like you of people who have, you know, done that trapeze bar and made it across without a sense of certainty. Like you didn't know where that, the, for sure, where all that was going to end up. So you had another choice point, another choice point, another choice point. Yeah. That to me feels like, I, you know, there's another, there's a lot of ways that you can go through your life, but I don't know, that to me feels like one that's worth, that's a, that's a good question to be bothered with. That's, I, I refer a lot of times with clients to a, a good question to be haunted with, to live inside of instead of necessarily to answer. You know, what is it? Mary Oliver, the, the poet said, so tell me, what do you want to do with this one wild and crazy life? You know, yeah. like, okay, here you go. That's yeah. great. I mean, Jim, when you talk about the fact you've worked with thousands of executives since you made that pivot in your in your own career mm. and teams. I mean, have you seen any, you know, stories play out where people were confronted with with that question and they did go ahead and dig deep and, and, and came out of it in a, in a better place? Do you have any that particularly stand out for you? Well, there's one. There, I mean, a, a bunch of different ways and small and large, but there was one very successful CEO that I was working with and had it all, had all the money and had all the accolades or whatever, and um, realized that that was not going to produce over time and moved from a for-profit to a very small nonprofit. And it was interesting talking to him when he first shifted over is he said, he, he said, I'm here in this office with two other people. And for the life of me, I can't figure out how the phone system works. And he said, I used to have 100 people that would figure that out for me. And he was kind of exhilarated by that idea that this was this. So the challenge associated with it, you could have been upset or disappointed. But for him, he found it invigorating that he was back to the beginning of his, uh, his learning curve. So there is something about shifting from where we have a lot of competence to what's the beginning of our learning curve and are we excited by that? And is that uh, really gonna intrigue us, that sense of there is something new for me to learn here? If you don't enjoy the learning, that shift is gonna be really hard for you because you're gonna constantly wanna lean back on what I already know, what I already do, what I already have. 
And while that's a safe harbor, that's not the harbor where learning takes place and where you really need to discover that next trajectory. So part of the coaching for people in that situation is just get clear about it. You are resetting to zero, you know, or significantly down from where you are, things that you used to take for granted. And you, the encouragement is to be comfortable with that learning. So when I shifted from the banking world to the consulting world, it was hard because you're used to having a certain title and a certain number of people to do things in a certain way that when you speak, stuff happens. Well, that got reset to zero in a hurry. And it was humbling, humbling. And it remains humbling to this day. I was just on a three-hour workshop with a group this morning, and I got some feedback this morning that was, you just go, yep, you're right, absolutely right. That was That's great feedback. So that learning and that humility is is always available. And if you're not up for that game, you may better stay where you are. Yeah, that's that's you know very um, revealing about kind of that journey that many of us find ourselves on, and t treating it as a learning journey, um, like you mm. said, and a constant yeah. exploration and curiosity. I don't know that we always see it that way. Like you even said, just like it's a good it's a good question to explore, not necessarily to answer, and that's. That can be super uncomfortable for many of us who want some resolution. <laughs> we want to know, like, this is it. This is the direction I'm taking, and it's the right one. And um, but for you, you know, what you're saying is it's a constant iteration, and you're you're getting feedback along the way. You're having to probably do a couple of resets. You know, there's probably not one major uh, reset, but several little tweaks and resets that you have to do yes. on on the ongoing basis. Um, with that, that's yeah, I think that's really, sorry, Jen, please. No, go ahead, no, yeah. go ahead. Because I, 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 I think you're absolutely right. And, and part of it is around expectations. So if my launch, so as you've made your various launches, part of the expectation is I'm gonna learn some stuff. I'm gonna constantly bump up against what I don't know. And does that provide an opportunity for a new sense of inspired um, accomplishment or is it, oh my God, you know, this is just, this is too hard. I don't, I don't like being unsure. I don't like being a beginner. I don't like being unfinished. That's, you, there's a reset of expectations for people about if I'm gonna embark on this, it's gonna come with disappointment. Disappointment is your partner. Um, falling short is your partner. Resetting expectations is your partner. And it's like, okay, I, I that it, 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 that's where it's a strong encouragement to partner up with someone who can help you in those moments where you're going, oh my God, really? Do I have to go through this knothole? Do I have to take this hard of a journey? And they can partner with you not only to help you reset expectations um, from a from a realistic point of view, but also from an emotional point of view, because that can feel really lonely. That moment where you go, oh my God, really? I, am, am I that much of a, you know, am, am I that inadequate in this particular area I want to be adequate in? Yeah. That, you know, welcome to the planet. <laughs> you know? It's the cards welcome. you're dealt. <laughs> yeah, it's you know. exactly. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> That's a, right. we're, we're all finding ourselves in those moments, especially like you said, this, this past year for sure, um, a lot of uncertainty around us and having to just kind of 
take it in, deal with it, and, and find your source of resilience through all of it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great reminder. Um, Jim, the, one of the things I like to do, if and I know you said you've been watching the, the show, is, is ask a, a random question. And the only thing uh -oh. that's really random is that you get to choose a number and I get to give you the question. <laughs> um, so the, the questions are between 1 and 25. What's your favorite number between 1 and 25? 12. 12, all right. 12. Let's see. Um, what is something that you collect and why? Wow, that's interesting. Um, can I tell a little story before that starts? Yes, please. I love stories. <laughs> I, was, I was running, I, I was facilitating a, uh, a nonprofit um, auction. And uh, I just happened to be, so I'm on the dais with other people that are, part of the board of directors of this particular large nonprofit. And I was sitting next to a guy who I didn't know for particularly well at all. And he, he leans over to me at one point. He said, what do you collect? And I said, I, well, I, I got to think for a second. So to give myself time to think, I said to him, I said, well, you must have something. What do you collect? It turns out he's got one of the largest private auto collections in the world. He's got like 700 perfectly restored automobiles in all these garages all over the world. So my answer compared to that was was ridiculous. But for what it's worth, um, the thing that I find really interesting is I've got a, um, a compared to a lot of people, a smallish and relatively inexpensive watch collection. Collect mm, watches. Yeah. And what I love about them is they're little pieces of art on your wrist. So I get this just happens to be a relatively inexpensive Shinola. And I just love the the fact that it's not only tremendously functional, because I think time is um, is a visual thing. So I, I don't do well with digital time. It doesn't I, I get a sense of how much time there is left in something, how much time has existed by looking at my watch. But it's also a, a little piece of art. So they, they chose the hands, they chose the numbers the way that the dial, the color of the dial, the color of the band, it's just a little opportunity to wear a little piece of art every day. And as a guy, I don't have um, the same palette of choices that other either men or women take advantage of. I mean, you know, it's me. Uh, but to have a little piece of art and just to be able to look down on it every once in a while and just enjoy it. And some of them are really quite strange ways of exhibiting time. And um, I just like that. So that's it. That's I, did, I didn't. I I thank you. I loved how you told that story. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I've learned a lot about you already. So watches, banking, <laughs> there's that's so much right. we have not covered. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. In all the years we've known all each other. All the years we've known each other, we have not covered <laughs> these very important topics. Um, no. Uh, you know, uh, I, I want to also, as part of this show, and you talked about creating human connection and, and, mm. and, and helping kind of restore uh, people's uh, hope in the world and, and kind of getting through um, what they're getting through and connecting to what matters to them. Um, one of the things that matters to you is the Eggby Revitalization Project, and mm. I don't know too much about it. Would you please share a little bit about it so that um, our viewers can uh, help support it? Sure. So uh, this is actually run by um, a client, dear friend of mine, Don Campion, out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 
And he was raised as a missionary's kid in the bush in Nigeria. And his father was, was the missionary and they ran a small hospital there. And his father's his parents are elderly now, live in Canada. He lives down in Fort Lauderdale. And he runs a very large aviation company. And one thing that he found that he had a passion for was this hospital that his father started. So he went back to the bush and the hospital is still there. It was still there, but it, in a lot of disrepair. I mean, you know, fundamentally uh, inoperative. And he just started to um, revitalize it bit by bit by bit from digging the well where the water was gonna come from to where it is now with several hundred nursing students, an eye care center, a surgery center. It's the only hospital for several hundred miles around. And he's revitalized that whole thing and been named an honorary chief. He's deeply respectful of the culture that's there. He is deeply respected. And there are hundreds of people now that are in that facility, and it is serving an incredible need in a place where people flat out don't have hospital or medical care. So he'll, they'll see people that have not been seen by a doctor or a dentist or an eye doctor for years and years and years, if not decades. And he does that just straight out of his compassion and his deep belief in the people. He's also very strongly faith-based and where that's appropriate, he brings that uh, in. So phenomenal respect for Don Campion, his, his sister Betsy, um, his wife Sue Ann that have driven uh, the revitalization of this incredible resource in the bush in Nigeria. That's great, that's a great story. And I, I love that Don has dedicated, you know, a lot of his philanthropy and his time and his energy to a community that he grew up in. You know, he didn't he didn't forget about mm. them when he moved moved across yeah. the world. And and instead, he really, really invested in the community, a community that really needs it in an area of the world that really needs it. Um, so please, if you can give to the revitalization project, we'll put up the QR code later in the show so that you can take a snapshot of it. Or if you're listening to us on the podcast, you can visit at Egby Revitalization Project. And um, please, please, please donate so that Don and his That's family fabulous. can um, help uh, continue to restore this community and get them access to many things that many of us take for granted. So thank you, Jim, for pointing That's that really out. That's really well put. Thank you. Yeah, because you, you forget that people don't, you know, right, um, you know, you have a medical issue of some sort and you've got five, six, seven different ways of, of managing that. And they don't. And I, I can't imagine what it's like to walk around with a medical condition or a concern and not have a place to go. It's tremendous. Yeah, no, you're Very right. Good. And I, yes, thank you for you know pointing that out and, and, and helping people understand because sometimes we, we only know the world that's right in front of us and we don't, we don't realize how expansive our world is. So thank you, Jim, for that. Beautiful. What's, yep. what's next for you, my friend? Where are you gonna be focused? Uh, ah. What you gonna go do? Well, I'm at the point now, in, as I'm fond of saying in, in my career, that I get to work with people I love to work with doing work that I love. And what I find is that there are so many amazing people trying to do great stuff wherever they are. 
So it's not necessarily industry specific, although there are plenty of places to work where they're, you're doing well and doing good at the same time. Um, I'm, I'm just as interested in where are there really great people who are trying to live full lives that are finding they're stuck. And if there's something that I, I can offer, and by the way, I, I think you know, Jen, I love to learn. So, so while I'm working with someone, I'm learning at the same time. I had a great learning on the, the call this morning, and it was just, it's like, okay, I'm not finished. You know, I'm, I'm unfinished, and I kind of like that. Um, so for me, I'm looking for where are there opportunities to be a little bit on the edge, and I don't mind at all being nervous walking into an engagement with people, a little bit out on the skinny branches, not knowing exactly what's going to happen. So every day is a little bit different than the last and I love that challenge of working with great people, trying to do great stuff, and they're just stuck. And how can we figure it out together? So that's what's that's what I'm on the edge of is how do how do you do that? Well, I'm excited to see all the different things that you do because I do know that about you mm -hmm. that you enjoy learning and um, and you've helped so many different people, including myself. I want to brag oh. on you a little bit. You know, you came into my life at a time where. I was successful uh, to a point, but I didn't quite feel fulfilled. Um, and you were somebody that was there to help me learn about myself and explore my own USD. In fact, see and free, just so everybody knows, was something mm. that Jim helped me discover. And I was so happy when I finally decided to do this, to show him that and, and remind him that he was part of that journey for me Fabulous. and figuring out what really matters to me in the world. And so Jim, you know, you've been a great friend, partner, coach, mentor, everything. Mm. Um, I know we'll stay in each other's lives no matter what. Um, and I'm so glad that you came on the show today. Thanks, Jim, because I know when I'm with you, fun walks in the door at the same time. I don't remember a conversation you and I have had, even as hard as they can be and as much as we supported each other, that there wasn't laughter and joy. And there's that quote about, uh, I, I, there's the, the common theme between all the people that I dearly love is that they make me laugh. And with you, there's always that moment where your laughter comes out and I just, it just lifts all boats. So I thank you for that. Ah, thank you. Yes, uh, I, well, we have to enjoy our life and, you know, and it gives us a lot of trials and tribulations, but it's always worth uh, looking at and, and with a little bit of levity. So thank you for that, Jim. And, you know, Perfect. we're gonna wrap up the show now and, and you know, we want everyone to continue to come back and visit us. And you can visit us at seeandfreestudio.com. Uh, learn more about Jim and the work that he's doing and uh, all of our other guests. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you're looking uh, for a podcast, you'll be able to find us on Seeing Free Studio. So please come back each week and make sure you subscribe.